2 Corinthians 4, I want to read verses. We'll start in verse number 8. Sometimes we jump right into verse 13. But uh, <clears throat> verse 8, we, have, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Um, you, could, you could say, but not distressed, or yet, either way. Um, how many of you know you got to be careful which side of that you're on? You can live on, you know, trouble everywhere and everything side. But he said he's living on the other side of that. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. How many of you know the enemy never wins whenever you uh, do what he's getting ready to say down here? Um, let's just jump to verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. That's what he just did in verses 8 through 10. He believed and he spoke. You know, he had things going on, things coming against him, opposing him for preaching the gospel. And he said, whatever is coming against me, I say, I always triumph in Christ. And he, he spoke, he spoke what he believed. He spoke the word of God. Um, when Dr. Dufresne went to heaven, <clears throat> the Lord's part, I, I started seeking God about, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, a lot of us just, um, you know, seeking God about things and, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, he spoke to me something that um, he reminded me of recently, actually sort of rebuked me about it, not paying enough attention to it. <clears throat> he spoke to me and he said, uh, I want you, and I'm just telling you what he said. He said, I want you to lead out in the spirit of faith. Because I'm asking God, what, what do I do? What am I to emphasize? What's my part in the body of Christ? What's my message? What's my supply to the body of Christ? So forth and so on. How many of you know there are, there are things that, you know, there are many things that are in the word of God, but different eras emphasize different things. And I don't think this era is going to emphasize one thing. I think it's going to be an emphasis on several things. Because this is all, all many, thing, many eras wrapped up into one. But he spoke to me. He said, I want you to lead out in the spirit of faith. Well, in praying about that, he said to me later, he said, uh, that just simply means uh, I want you to provide leadership in the body of Christ, in the area of the spirit of faith, like Joshua and Caleb did in the time when leadership and faith was so critical to the people God getting into what God had for them, especially the move of the spirit. How many of you know, uh, you know, like, like a minister said to me one time, I think he might have said it out in camp meeting, it was Brother Terry Mize, he said, uh, God asked him years ago when he called him to minister to the leaders in the body of Christ, pastors and ministers and so forth, he asked him what would have happened if the 10 spies had come back or the 12 spies had come back and 10 of them had given a good report and two of them had given a bad report. And he said, well, Lord, it's not written that way. I don't know. So you, you tell me, I suppose it would have gone the other way rather than, you know, say we can't and be sent into the wilderness for 40 years. They'd have gone in and possessed the land. He said, I suppose that's, that's what the answer would be. He said, exactly. And then he said, I want you to, to minister to my leaders. Amen. Amen. Because whichever way leadership goes, the camp goes, the people go. Are you with me this morning? And so when he said to me, this is a vital need, there's a vital need for leadership in this hour in the area of faith, but not just faith, the spirit of faith. Because how many of you know you can have the principles and you lost the spirit of it? 
We need to know the principles of faith. But um, the the Bible talks about the law of faith. Romans 3, it talks about which we might call the principles of faith. It talks about the word of faith, uh, which we preach, you know. And we know that um, uh, it talks about it in different ways. But it also mentions here the spirit of faith. And he told me, this is going to be something I want you to be a part of. Now, now leadership is not just preaching on it, but he talked to me about preaching on it. He wants me to preach on this. Um, but it is demonstration. How many of you know leaders, leadership is to demonstrate something? Like parents, they're not just to tell people, their kids what to do. They demonstrate. They, they live that way themselves. So God needs people to, uh, to emphasize this message, and he told me, he wanted me to, and he, want, he needs people to demonstrate the spirit of faith because, um, wow, <laughs> um, because it's going to be so vital. We won't get ahead of ourselves here. We'll just, we'll just uh, say it like the Lord said it to me. And it's going to be critical in order for uh, the body of Christ to get into the things of the Spirit, he said. Yes, Amen. Amen. You know, the spirit of faith or anything really will be lost unless somebody preaches it and also demonstrates it. When I went to Bible school at Ramah, Brother Hagin would, in our classes, he would teach, like take, for example, the gifts of the spirit. He'd teach on the gifts of the spirit. And then we'd get in a, you know, winter Bible seminar or something, and he'd get over in the spirit and operate in it. And I thought I understood it, Brother Keaton, until... I mean, I mean, to a degree, I did understand it when he taught it from the word. But then whenever he demonstrated it, it's like, okay, now I get it. Now I get it. Amen. Paul said, my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration. God needs people to demonstrate. <laughs> He's asking some of us to step out into some, some, some crazy things to do. Amen. And do it with audacity and a spirit of faith that defies all reason. Now, not because we pulled something out of the air and decided that's what I want to do, but because the Holy Ghost said, do this. He's dealing with us now to do some things audacious, some things uh, that doesn't. In fact, a couple of times I've got over in my head about it. Now, you've never done that. But for a couple of minutes, it only took some of the things he's asking us to step into now. It only took a couple of minutes of me just getting into my mind a little bit about it. And I started going, whoa, no. And I said, I better not go there. Pastoring two churches. And I'm saying, God, which, who's, who's the spiritual son to raise up and put down there? Crickets. I'm waiting, Lord. Crickets. Are you saying it's me, Lord? Uh-huh. That's you. And then have an aircraft flying every, every week back and forth. That's audacious. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not for some, but, but for where the steps were taken. And God's needing some people to show up, demonstrate that all things are possible to him that believe it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so uh, these things will be lost in the body of Christ. Um, notice he said, we having. I want you to look at that very closely. We've got to just dig in this a little bit here. Say it out loud. We having. We having. Notice he did not say we have. Now, you might say, what on earth are you saying, Pastor Jay? Well, have, have is present tense. And faith is now. We understand that. But uh, it's still, that's not what Paul's saying here. It's not just enough to have it now. 
What are you going to have tomorrow? You know what I'm talking about? Hello? When everything's not going your way, when the devil's breathing the hot breath of unbelief down your neck. We having, you know, we, we, if you said we have camp meeting, that's, that's maybe a, a service, but we are having camp meeting, that's ongoing. And that's what he's saying. We don't just have moments of faith. This is the way we live. We hear from God, step out. You know, here, uh, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have it spoken, we also believe and speak. What he's talking about is a faith that is expressed. Amen. Some people want to develop faith sitting down back in the boat with dry feet. You'll never have a spirit of faith sitting in the boat with dry feet. Amen. You got to get out and do some action, act, express, take steps. Amen. So he's been dealing with me about not only living this way, of course, that we live by faith, but he's dealing with me about preaching this. And I've done it some, but um, recently <laughs> I was in a meeting, and uh, this was a bit of the flow of the meeting. And uh, I, said, I said, Lord, I know this is what you're, teaching, you're dealing with me to emphasize. He said, yeah, and if you don't get with it, I got others who will do it. That was my response, too. <laughs> I said, I believe I will. <laughs> Praise God. So that's what I'm going to preach on this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, Pastor Nancy's book, Answer It. When I hear that title, I just, I just think of the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith answers things. When Goliath made threats, David answered him. Amen. And he answered thoughts. He answered suggestions of the enemy. We answer condemnation like Pastor Nancy's been talking about. Uh, the spirit of faith doesn't just, just uh, tolerate whatever will be, will be. You know, like the world kind of says. And like some of the things going around today sort of propagate. You know, it's all up to God. It's, it's almost like some of the things that go around today are almost like it's, it's, putting, it's bringing the church back into sovereignty, which is not even a word you can even find in, in the Bible. <laughs> anyway, so um, having is not just present tense, it's continuous tense. You're going to, you need it today, but you're going to need it tomorrow. And you're going to need it next week and next month and next year. Amen. Amen. What are you going to do then? Are you going to say, well, I had the spirit of faith one time. I know some people that had it, but don't have it today. I, I get shocked sometimes. But uh, it's, it, it takes a contending. Bible said over there in uh, Jude, he said, earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. It takes some contend contending to have it and keep having it. You, you have to keep the flesh a little uncomfortable. That went over real good. Let me say it over on this side of the room. Yeah, it's never like your flesh just says, man, we've arrived. I'm comfortable. Life is good. I mean, my, my experience, Pastor Craig, is that I'm always being stretched. I know, I know you, you're always being stretched. Yeah. I like hanging around people like that. Amen. Amen. 
the spirit of faith is contagious. You know, people say, well, I don't want to get the whatever, the hooga like Dr. Frank used to say. Well, there's some things I do want to get. And I get it from the word. Don't misunderstand me. But, but there are people who are walking in not just a knowledge of the word, but they've got a hump to them. They've got a, a, a spizzerinctum to them. They've got, they've got a, I'm looking for the right word. They're just, they got it like Dr. Dufresne used to say, a grunt to their faith. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth, you know, woke up and the devil's bouncing his bed across the room. He said, oh, it's just you. Well, that's just, that's just, that's a grunt. There's something to that, you know, it's just, just my kind of people. And uh, so anyway, uh, we, we having, and that's continuous. It's not present tense, it's continuous. And uh, it's important that we live by faith, not just have a moment of faith. The just shall live by faith. Praise be to God. So we're to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. In other words, to earnestly contend for it means it can slip. The, the first thing, listen to me, the first thing that slips from those who have been schooled in the message of faith is not the principles. It is the spirit of it. Oh, my, my, my. It's the spirit of it. And we'll look at a little bit more, kind of help you understand the difference. But uh, you can still know the principles and even preach the principles. <laughs> Amen. And, and you can do outlines on the principles and never really, and really still have lost the spirit of it. The spirit of it's the first thing that goes. Yeah, the rest will go too if, if the if devil, you know, is allowed to take it. But the spirit of it is the first thing that goes. That's why he said earnestly contend for this because the faith which was once delivered to the saints was a spirit of faith. You look at the Bible, you look at, at people of faith in the Bible, David, uh, you know, Paul, uh, these, men, these men were audacious. I mean, they, they defied impossible situations. Um, so, but we're going to look at some of this. Um, now, Pastor Nancy was preaching on, uh, you know, she, she's preaching about righteousness and, and no condemnation. How many of you know, when we talk about continuing to have it, that's an area to continue to have it after you've missed it. Yeah, we all know what we're talking about. Amen. How many of you know missing it is not a sentence that, that, is going to, that is, uh, can permanently strip you of your spirit of faith? Amen for the rest of your life. Oh, I missed it, so I can never have, you know, I can never operate right in faith again. No, God's provided the blood. He's provided the blood to enable us to continue to have a spirit of faith. In other words, not be, not be a victim. The blood is to keep us from being a victim of missing it to where we can no longer be bold, no longer have a spirit of, I'm taking it all, everything that belongs to me. The blood is the way out of that. I mean, you know, of, of a spirit of fear, a spirit of drawing back, a spirit of doing without. The blood's the way out of that. Aren't you thankful for the blood? 
Amen. The, the, the spirit of faith is the kind of spirit that when you've missed it and you get it back under the blood, that just simply means now you're restored back to the spirit of faith. Now you're restored back to a boldness in the presence of God, a boldness in the presence of your accuser. The one who's trying to deny you of your stand in the presence of God, your prayer life. Luke chapter number 11 is a passage. I'm not going to go there right now, but I'm going to refer to it. I believe it's chapter 11, verses 5 through, nine, five through 8, if I'm correct, I believe. It's the story. Jesus, Jesus, the first few verses of that chapter, Jesus was, he gave what we call the Lord's Prayer. Then he gave this story that I'm about to refer to, and then he said, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you'll find, so forth and so on. Um, but right in the middle of that is this story. He said, which of you having a friend... Uh, you know, uh, well, and he's, he's, uh, it's nighttime and you have a friend come by your house and he's hungry and wants something to eat and you don't have anything in your house. He said, which of you won't go to a friend and say, you know, I have a friend come by my house. He's hungry. He wants a bologna sandwich and, um, I don't have anything in my house. And the nighttime when his children are in bed, which of you won't go and do that? Knock on the door and say, Hey, Hey. And he said, his kids are in there sleeping. Um, and, and he said, you won't get it. The man that does that won't get it because he is his friend. I don't know if you're following me. Remember that story? Now, that word friend in the New Testament is a reference to covenant. In other words, just because you have a covenant doesn't mean you're going to enjoy anything. Or I'm going to enjoy anything. He said he won't get it because he's his friend, but he said because, King James says, because of his importunity. Yes. Now that lot of, every translation I've looked at have totally defied what the Greek actually says that importunity is. Right. They'll say because of his keep on knocking and so forth, right. but, but the Greek says boldness, yes. audaciousness. Yes. It literally means shamelessness Amen. without embarrassment. Yes. In other words, he, it, it takes boldness to go in the middle of the night to a friend's house. I mean, it's 2 a.m. His yeah. kids are in bed. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, knock on the door real loud, trying to get your friend away, give you. And, and he gets up. Yeah, what is it? I, I, could I have a sandwich? You know, <laughs> takes boldness. Yeah. Amen. You know what he's going to say just because you had the boldness to come ask? He's going to say, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, the refrigerator's right over there, you know. And you're going to get your sandwich, but not because he's your friend, but because you had the audacity to come and get it. Oh, hallelujah. That's what the blood restored to us, the ability to come boldly and get what is ours even after we've missed it. That's the spirit of faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the kind of faith that believe, continues to believe God, even whenever you've missed it. You know, the spirit of faith doesn't necessarily make you a perfect person. <laughs> Amen. I said it doesn't necessarily make you a perfect person. Hebrews 11 lists a whole bunch of folk who had the spirit of faith, and you can look at their lives and go, "Whoops! Right there! Right there!" That's, Ah, not good, not good. (laughs) 
I believe God put the whole story in the Bible unedited. Because he knew somebody like you and I are going to come along down the line and we're going to read their stories of killing Goliath and doing all sorts of things by the spirit of faith. And and, and they're going to see that and say, wow, I could never attain to that until we keep on reading and see how many times they messed up. We can look at it and go, hey, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. I, I know I haven't been perfect, but neither were they. And we got people in there that committed adultery in the Hall of Fame of Faith. We got a harlot in there. We got Abraham who, I don't know if you ever read the Abraham story very closely or not. But he had trouble telling the truth sometimes. Who is this girl? Oh, that's my sister, you know. And then... He, he thought it was a good idea to sleep with his maid. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Right, there's a humdinger, wouldn't you think? <laughs> but he had the spirit of faith. It doesn't, the spirit of faith doesn't make you perfect. It just makes you, uh, it just gives you the ability to get back up and boldly say what he told me will come to pass. Hallelujah. And then we got Moses. He had anger problems. Speak to the rock. How many times do I have to deal with you rebels? And he hits the rock. <laughs> the Bible said it went ill with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's hope for all of us. I like it. I like it. Then you got Noah. He got depressed and got drunk after the, the flood. And you got Samson. We all know what he did. You know, some other people might forget, they might not forget about your mistakes, but God will wash you in the blood. He'll raise you back up like like you've never done anything wrong and you're out there with a bold spirit of faith. Taking what he gave you. Taking the the ministry that he gave you. Taking whatever. Hallelujah. I like this. I like this. Hallelujah. Even whenever you failed, you can still have a spirit of faith. It'll pick, the spirit of faith will pick you back up. It'll clean you back off. It'll break the victim off of you. You know what I mean? By being a victim of your own mess ups. Glory to God. It'll break the spirit of discouragement off of you, despondency off of you, hopelessness off of you. Amen. And it'll, it'll, it'll move that mountain of impossibility because you messed up. You know, Jesus said, say to this mountain, be thou removed. Your mess ups can be like a big mountain in front of you. So well, I, I, yeah, I can't do it now. I messed up. I got a divorce. I got a, you know, I did this. I did that. Well, well that's not the spirit of faith. We having, 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 having. Other people might give up on you. Other people might write you off. God said, I'm not done with that one because they're down there believing me. They got a spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Your mess ups, if you keep a spirit of faith and bold, bold uh, faith in the blood of Jesus, your mess ups cannot block your way into better things. Hallelujah. It won't resign you to failure. Or, you know, it's over. Your best days are behind you. Amen. 
it'll cause you to start shouting and say, my best days are ahead of me. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's not through with me yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. I read a story. It was, uh, I believe it happened in, in, in a museum, I believe, or whatever, you, some, some setting in Europe where it was a, I guess it was an art museum. Um, there was a painting of a, uh, it was, I think it's a well-known painting. I've heard of it myself before, but I don't remember the name of it. It's a painting of a, a man sitting at a chessboard, a checker, uh, chessboard playing chess with the devil. And he would make a move and the devil would make a move. Of course, the painting's just sta- static. And, uh, and uh, the, the caption of the painting, I believe, if I remember right, was called uh, Checkmate. And uh, it was painted with the board set. Yeah. You know, the, che- the chess- chessboard was set with the different moves that you could see that where everything was. Anyway, there was a real, a world-class uh, chess player going through and looking at all these, and he came to this one, he stopped that, and he studied it. He looked at it. And he, he turned around to the person, that curator of the museum, whatever you call him, and said, you're going to have to change the title on that, that painting. He said, why? He said, because he's still got another move. <laughs> he's a world-class chess player. And he knew, you know, he, you know, world-class people, they see things nobody else sees. And the guy that painted it must not have been as good as this guy. <laughs> and, and so he's seeing this and he's saying, you've got, you, you, it looks like, you've got it called checkmate, but it looks like the devil's got him, but he's got another move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The painting had the, uh, the, the man that was sitting on the other side of the table from the devil had his head in his hands. And then discouraged because he, the devil had him. And, uh, but how many of you know that God's always got another move? And, and if you stay with the blood, you've always got another move. It ain't over. It ain't over. Praise be to God. The devil can say checkmate and you say, the blood, the blood. He'll go, man, I, I, I hate when he makes that move. And the checkmate goes around the other side and the devil's the one that lost. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That you can change the picture of that game to where you're the one laughing and the devil's the one with his head in his hand. Because he couldn't get you again. Why? You have a spirit of faith. Praise be to God. Jesus' crucifixion means you always win. Always win. His blood means you always win. If you got faith in that blood. Praise God. I'm glad I came to church this morning. So everybody say, we having. That's continuous. Even whenever we've missed it. <laughs> All right, so let's look at this a little bit further here. Um, you know, it says, uh, it talks about we having the same spirit of faith. Now, the spirit of faith is different than the principles of faith. The principles of faith can be taught. People get it with their heads. The spirit of faith is caught. 
It's more, and, and people get off on this because it's not, a, it's not, not psychological, but, but it's more of an attitude. Yeah. And I don't mean just a positive minute attitude and people's, you know, you hear people say things like, well, you know, down there at the church, they get people all excited and then they feel like they got healed and, you know, and, uh, you know, but it's just really only emotional excitement and so forth. Well, if, if, it's, if that's all it is, emotional excitement, then why aren't people getting healed at the Super Bowl every year? Huh? That's not what this is. It's not what the Spirit, the, the source, the divine spark of the Spirit of faith is not in the emotions. It's in the Spirit. It's the Word of God. Let me rephrase it. Jesus will ignite a spirit of faith in you through revelation of His Word. Where it, it ignites on the inside of you and you see something you haven't seen from the Word of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, so it's, the, uh, it's got a divine spark to it. And so God is offering us not just the measure of faith, but he's offering us a spirit of faith. There are the principles and the laws and the measure and so forth and so on, um, the word of faith, but you can know all that and not really have the spirit of it. Understanding the principles, understanding the laws is all important. Don't misunderstand me. But uh, we've got to contend for this as much as we contend for everything else. Amen. The spirit of faith isn't just a formula. It's a fire. It's, it's not just a formula that you, you know, mentally say, okay, I'm going to go through the formula and I'm going to, you know, two plus two is four kind of thing. It, it is, a, fi it is, it is a, a fire in the spirit of man that came by revelation of the realities of the Word of God. And um, understanding all of it's important. But the spirit of faith is something that burns in you. Amen. Amen. And it's something that will make you act in unconventional ways. Yes. Amen. I'm not saying be weird for weird's sake. But you look at people who have a spirit of faith. Like, like David, for example. David was, David, in fact, the Lord dealt with me recently, just a couple weeks ago. He said, the time you're in, I was praying about some things and I won't get into it all about our own ministry and what, what he had for us. And uh, he said to me, he said, the time you're in, I, then I went over in the spirit, started uh, 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 prophesying and I got it all captured as much as I could, not audio, it wasn't ready for it. But um, he said, the time you're in, I'm going to see if I can just read it like he gave it, like I wrote it down here, um, is like the time that of David, whenever uh, impossible situations were opposing the nation. How many of you remember David was, he went to... Uh, the battle when Goliath was threatening them for 40 days. And what was then, what, the, the, in fact, let me just say it like the Lord, like, like I wrote it down here. He said, um, that the day you're living in, the time that you're in now is, is in the church will be like the time of David when he was raised up to kill Goliath. Many who were officially recognized as the army of God in his day and many who were more visible in those positions did not have the answers for a situation that arose in the, in the, among the people of God. But he said, I, and I bypassed them and sent a man prepared in the spirit to do exploits for God. 
So in your day, many who are now recognized as leaders in the body of Christ will be bypassed by those who have been prepared in secret to do mighty works in this hour and deliver my people from that which is opposing them. It's not that they're bad people. I'm sure all the Jewish boys in that army that day were good people, probably kept the law, you know, probably, probably went to synagogue, probably, you know. But they were just only trained mentally, not in things of the Spirit. And they became, and they be, David became a mightier warrior, mightier warrior than all of them put together. But his methods were unconventional. <laughs> Are you out there? He went on to say, many who seem to be leaders in the church, polished and trained mentally, but without power, will not have the answers for the things which come against the church in the spirit realm in this hour. But God will bring out of the hidden places those who are skilled in the things of the spirit. They will be raised up to deliver God's people from the spiritual attacks in this hour because they will have the answers. It's not that God likes somebody more than others. It's because they got the answers. They were trained spiritually. Hallelujah. And men will begin to gather to them in greater and greater numbers. I mean, have you know when he says men, men and women, he's not just talking about men, but uh, in greater and greater numbers, and they will become the leaders of the body of Christ. And they will uh, come forth. Many of their methods will be unconventional because their methods of the spirit, their methods are methods of the spirit in line with the word, but their methods will prevail mightily in this hour and great signs and wonders shall be wrought by, the dec by their decrees and by their hands and by the ex their exploits of faith. He said, there, are problem, there were problems in the camp in that hour that no man seemed to have the answer for. See, Goliath was a problem, a 40-day problem. I mean, it wasn't a problem for God, but for them, they were trained in the natural. They had no solution. They had no answers. They went through every, you know, every drill they went through in military academy and, and no answers. They, they didn't have the spirit of faith. They just had mental training. Pastor Eddie, this is good preaching. I thank you. I appreciate that. There were camp problems in the camp in that hour that no one seemed to have the answers for. Even those professionally trained for war down at the seminary, I mean the military academy, didn't have the answers for it. But God had been preparing a young man on the backside of the farm to operate in spiritual weapons as, as, as that far surpassed anything that, that the natural realm could produce. Amen. Amen. Pastor, minister, don't be discouraged. You're being prepared for something. You might feel like you're on the backside of the desert somewhere, but you're being prepared for something. Don't wonder, what am I doing here? You're being prepared. <laughs> Praise God. And so, uh, uh, let, me, let me, I said some of this already. Let me jump here. Um, what God is doing today is raising up special forces. Now, I'm just God's delivery boy, all right? Don't get mad at me. Raising up spiritual forces like the Army Rangers, Navy SEALs, etc., who are crack troops for special operations. Don't get mad at me. You can get in and get out, either one. You choose. Amen. But he needs to develop them in an audacity of faith for what is ahead, for the, for the jobs, excuse me, that are ahead. He needs you to be a, have a spirit of faith. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, um, Paul had numbers. He had a big army. He had numbers. He had a lot of trained, mentally trained warriors. Right? And uh, 
And, uh, but, but he still couldn't accomplish what one man who was trained in the things of the Spirit could accomplish. One man who had a spirit of faith brought the answer to a situation no one else had the answer to. That's the way it's going to be in this hour. Aren't you thankful? Hallelujah. God's asking some of us to do some things that, that because he loves the body of Christ and he wants to bring the body of Christ on into his plan. You know, David probably, you remember, because whenever, whenever he killed Goliath, it was an unconventional method, but you remember then he took Goliath's sword, cut his head off. And you remember he came back to the camp carrying Goliath's head? Right? There was probably some, you know, panty-waisted uh, soldiers back there going, oh, that's gross, that's gross. <laughs> Amen. That's how you get ahead in life. That's right. But David probably said, boys, he said, this is war. Amen. This is not a beauty contest. They were about to make us, they were about to have dominion over us. They were about to take us into captivity or kill us. This is not a time to, this is not a beauty contest. This is war. You see this man? This man had to die. (laughs) Some of you just got squeamish right there. Did I make up a word? That's Dr. Dufresne anointing on me right there. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. That's an attitude. He probably told him, if, you're gonna be, if, if we're going to be free as the people of God and not be dominated by the forces of the enemy, you're, you can't act like you guys have been acting. Amen. Amen. So God raised him up to be the leader of the nation, the leader of the people of God. And then he raised up, the Bible says that he raised up mighty men. Really, David imparted that same spirit of faith to some more people around him. See, that's what local churches who have the spirit of faith are today. They're they're God raising up some mighty men. He's raising up an army. They might not be conventional. They might not have good English. They might not, you know, they might be kind of uncouth and maybe sort of hiccified or... Maybe a little bit redneck or, you know what I'm talking about? The depressed, the discouraged, and the in debt. Couldn't make it anywhere else. Had to run for their life because of what they did in that other city. And showed up in your church, pastors. Showed up. And you're going, and you're going, Lord. Lord, what are you doing to me? What are you doing to me? Send me some real warriors, Lord. This ragtag team you've given me. He said, hey, just impart. You were the same way, Pastor. He's talking to talk to you, Pastor, and like he's talking to me. You were the same way. Backwards. Didn't like people. He said, but I, I put the word in you. You got a spirit of faith, and I changed your life. Do the same thing for them. Do the same thing for them. Oh, glory to God. 
And uh, you start putting the Word in them, and they start being changed and transformed and, and renewed in their mind and, 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 and getting all the intimidation off of them. And, and, and they take off the girdle, the panty-waisted girdle. You know what I'm talking about? They st start putting on some big boy pants. They start believing they're in charge. That they got the name of Jesus. And they get transformed. To where that prophecy Dr. Dufresne gave over in wherever was that overseas. Who are these men? starts coming to pass. Who are these men? That just sounds like a countryfied church down there on the east side or the west side of Cedar Rapids. Who are these people? Changing the world. Praise God. Glory to God. My, my, my. And that's what David did. He imparted. He imparted that spirit of faith. And there was, there was, they, they learned to answer things. One of them was Shammah. The, the Philistines came against him in, a, in his pea patch. He had a pea patch. It said lentils, but that's peas. The Philistines wanted it. And he went out in the middle of it and said, it's mine. God gave us this land. And they said, okay, we're just going to take it anyway. He said, over my dead body. They said, we can accommodate you on that. Right. Amen. They came for him and he just started swinging and he killed all kinds of Philistines and they couldn't take him. He was so full of the Holy Ghost, his hand was like welded to his sword. And he did some mighty exploits for God. This is one of those depressed, discouraged, and in debt kind of guys that started coming to David. Glory be to God. So David, after he, because uh, God on the, you know, back feeding his dad's sheep, he developed, by the way, he developed the spirit of faith taking care of somebody else's business. His dad's business. He's taking care of his father's sheep. Well, I need my own deal so I can develop. No, take care of somebody else's business. And use your faith there. Use it real strong, real bold. Go after the lion and the bear. Because you're not ready for Goliath's. See, Goliath talks your language. The lion and the bear is just a roar. So if you want to get ready for Goliath, you've got you to deal with things on a lesser level. But anyway, David, he, he uh, developed that and he didn't just sit on the backside there meditating on the word. Psalm 1 talks about him meditating on the word and thy word I meditate day and night and so forth. He's, he's developing faith, but he really developed it whenever the lion came and the bear came. And then he's ready for Goliath. He's, he's taking bigger and bigger things. And, uh, and then God raised him up and he, he, uh, men started coming to him. He started being the leader. And so... And they, these guys said, well, I don't know how you uh, do all this, but, you know, we want to learn. And he said, all right, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, I've got a class. Amen. Amen. What's it called? It's called uh, Lessons in Faith from a Giant Killer. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the instructor? I'll be your instructor. Come on. So they get in there and he starts telling them about Goliath. You know, and telling the story. And somebody raises his hand and said, 
What was the biggest thing you had to deal with? He said, Goliath is a piece of cake. He's nothing. Yeah. Well, what I was dealing with was coming against me in the spirit realm. The fear coming out of that man. The threats coming out of that man. I had to deal with all of that. He said, boys, the real battle's in the spirit. It's not in the natural that you see. Learn to fight the good fight of faith. He said, that man said some things and I answered him. I answered him. The war was won before the battle was fought. He said something, I answered him. And I said some things. It was a war of words. I wouldn't let him go unanswered. I wouldn't let those thoughts in my mind. I wouldn't take those thoughts. And he just trained them and trained them. What'd you do then? Then he said, I ran towards him. Fear tried to tell me to run away, but I ran the other direction. I ran towards him. And so David schooled those men in a spirit of faith. And, and they turned out to be, they turned out to change the whole nation. Brought the nation into something they'd never been in. In David's reign and Solomon's reign, that, that, their, their faith, what their faith took, it lasted for two whole reigns. Two whole, two whole kingships. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? That's what local churches are today. Yeah, I believe he said, David said about Goliath, Goliath was a piece of cake. It was, it was the spiritual battle. Every battle is spiritual at its core. You have to get a hold of that. Many times people say, well, this didn't work out or, you know, this person didn't give me a break or, you know, I just don't have enough money or this or that. The battles are spiritual at their core. All this and that and the outside out here, that's nothing. The battle, the, the, it's how can you, how well can you fight the good fight of faith? How well can you say no to condemnation and say, I'm the righteousness of God and, and address those things and do it bold. Hallelujah. David probably said, you don't have to wait for the absence of fear or opposition to enjoy victory. He probably said, Psalm, I, I wrote Psalm 23, in the, in, you know, in the presence of my enemies. He prepares a table before me. He said, Goliath uh, was, was a threat and fear was coming out of him. But in, in the presence of all that fear, I didn't have to wait until that was gone before I could have the victory. That's the spirit of faith. Nobody really succeeds with, without, you know, facing opposition the whole time they're doing it. I remember someone came to me in healing school one day and they said, well, um, um, I took my stand in faith. I said, praise God, because they'd, they'd just been learning things of faith to receive their healing. And, and they said, I took my stand in faith. And he said, I've been standing for a couple of days now. He said, but I have a question. I said, all right, I'll, if I can, I'll answer it. He said, uh, I must be doing something wrong. I said, what's that? He said, ever since I started believing I have it now, he said, all sorts of thoughts and bombardments. Uh, to, the, to oppose that belief are just attacking my mind. And, and, you know, just the devil saying, you're stupid. You know, you know you're not healed and, and all sorts of things. How many of you know things will talk to you? Yes. Remember Dr. Dufresne's tumbleweeds? Yes. <laughs> We've been here for thousands of years. We'll be here for thousands of years. Stephen, bring the bush hog, you know. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. Everybody's got something talking to them. Yeah. 
Try, trying to. Brother Higgins' tires sang to him when he was driving down the road. Remember that? He'd be driving down the road and one of them would, because his tires were bald, you know. He, he didn't have enough money to get new tires. And one of them would tune up. I don't remember what it was singing, Pastor. Do you remember what it was singing? <laughs> Stupid. Huh? What are you going to do now? That's right. <laughs> what are you going to do now? And they said the other tire, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And the third one, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? <laughs> you got to answer things. <laughs> See that every, so don't think you're unusual. And that man came to me. He thought something was wrong. He was unusual. I mean, all these bombardments of thoughts against his mind. What do I do? He said, I must be doing something wrong. I said, welcome to Faith 101. You got to answer, answer those thoughts. Hallelujah. That's the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The devil will trash talk you. But you know what to do. Yes. Smith Wigglesworth said, said, Smith Wigglesworth, Wiggles, what did you call him the other day? <laughs> Smigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth said, I come across people who would be giants in the power of God, but they have no shout of faith. In other words, they're not expressing it. Well, I'm just going to wait and see how it turns out. The woman with the issue of blood didn't do that. She heard, faith came. She said, when I touch his garment, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. This is how it's going to turn out. This is how it's going to turn out. She announced and declared ahead of time how it was going to turn out. We, huh? Smith Wigglesworth said, People would be giants in faith, excuse me, giants in the power of God, but they have no shout of faith. He's saying they don't express it. You can express it with a shout. You can express it by saying at the beginning how it's going to be, when, when it's, when, how it's going to turn out, like the woman with the issue of blood. Hallelujah. I don't have any admiration, I guess, is of the night. I'll be trying to be nice, Pastor Craig. Like you, you're so eloquent. I, I don't have any admiration for people after it's all over saying, they'll come to you privately. I knew that's how it's going to turn out. No, you didn't. You sorry thing. You, you didn't say anything at the beginning. You're just watching and seeing. Oh, I knew how it's going to turn out. No, you don't. You, you, spirit of faith will say something ahead of time. This house is all going to end up when the dust is all cleared. Here's how it's going to be. Two churches, aircraft, flying between them, or whatever you're believing for, Pastor. Got quiet on that. Well, I'm just waiting to see. No, you're waiting to, you don't have a spirit of faith. Just like I've, I've done that. Nobody ever, you know, looking down their nose at somebody else, but we're learning, aren't we? Praise God. I once heard a story about a, a man who, uh, whenever he was a kid, his older, uh, much bigger brothers would get together and challenge, <laughs> challenge his, his older brothers with his older friends would get together and form a football team and then challenge him and his younger friends to a game. And the, the younger ones are like, bless God, we're going to take them, you know. 
and the older ones would get on the field and they'd say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to hike. I'm going to pass it to so-and-so over here, Billy Bob, and he's going to go right down through the middle of you. And then they would hike, pass it to Billy Bob, run right down through the middle of them. They said the little guys couldn't do anything. They didn't have any, they didn't have any ability to stop them. Well, hey, man, you're the, you're the big one in this game. You know what I'm talking about? Just announce ahead of time, here's how it's going to be, devil. We're going to take this step, and then we're going to obey God, believe God, and this is how it's going to turn out. This is how it's going to turn out. Glory to God. Just, you just have to announce it ahead of time. Well, I don't want to say anything in case it doesn't work out. Oh, it won't. Don't worry. David told Goliath ahead of time what was going to happen. Glory to God. He told him, he said, I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. I'm going to take your head off. And then he started saying, we're going to take the whole army. Take the whole army. It made Goliath so mad. He got all stirred up. David ran toward him, threw that stone. God guided it, hit him right where it needed to hit him. Came to pass just like he said. That's the spirit of faith. Are you glad you came this morning? The devil can't stop the plan of God in your life if you'll declare what's happening, what's going to happen, how it's going to turn out. The Bible said God declares the end from the beginning. Well, that's God. Yeah, and it's a family trait. It's a family trait. <laughs> Glory be to God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So, um, can you just take a few more minutes here? The Bible says to examine yourself, whether you be in faith. That's 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself, whether you be in faith. You can examine, the, the, the Word of God reveals not just the principles of faith, but it reveals the spirit of faith. And you can read these stories and see the characteristics, because really the spirit of faith is a little bit like the personality of it. It's, it's a little bit like, it's, it's, it's faith colored with the thinking of God. Let's just work with that a little bit. Spirit of faith. I, I looked at that and I used to say, is that the Holy Spirit? Which, which, there, the Holy Spirit will inspire faith. He'll lead you. He'll never lead you into unbelief. Right? So you could say that's the Holy Spirit. Um, he will inspire you. To walk by faith. He'll encourage you to walk by faith. He'll, he'll bring scriptures to you to remind you and, and so forth and, and get you going down the road of faith. But, but the spirit of faith, the, term, the way it's used there, like Galatians 6.1, remember this is used this way, several, this term spirit is used three different ways in the New Testament. Well, really four different ways, but anyway, um, it's, it's the Holy Spirit. It can be the Holy Spirit. The word spirit can refer to the Holy Spirit. It can refer to the human spirit. It can refer to demon spirits. Or there's several occasions. Actually, Pastor Nancy read a verse last night from the Amplified. It's in Ephesians chapter, was that 4, I believe, where it talks about be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Well, your mind 
is different than your spirit. It's not, it's not you know, your spirit man. It's distinctly different from your spirit man. Um, but you, if you just kind of analyze that, it's just the attitude of your mind. The demeanor or the, the, the way you think. God's, your mind or my mind is not renewed because we got a new thought. It's renewed because we have a new mentality. A new way of thinking. Amen. When things come up, we don't think all week until we go to church again. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Man, it's just, just such a big problem. And we get to church and the, with the words preached, we're like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe God. Your mind's not renewed yet. Your mind is renewed whenever you have such a mentality of faith. You've meditated on the Word of God so much. Yes, faith is of the heart, but it's like smoke. It gets into everything. It'll get in your thinking. It'll get in your attitude. It'll get into your demeanor. It'll get in your eyes. Like Pastor Dan's talking about that lion just looking. It'll get in everything. And uh, the spirit of faith is, is faith that you've meditated on the word so much that it has gotten into your mentality. It's in your heart, yes. That's the source. The divine spark is the spirit of man, is in the spirit of man. But it, it gets in your mentality and your demeanor. It gets in your, rather than leaning back, you're always leaning forward. You're always ready. It's an attitude. And that's what he means, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then I just mentioned, or started mentioning Galatians 6, 1. Ye which are, uh, uh, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Now notice this, in the spirit of meekness. Now we know meekness is a fruit of the spirit. Yet right on the other hand, can't you see he's talking about that needs to be in the way you approach the situation. Needs to be in your demeanor. Rather than looking down our nose and saying, well, bless God, I've never missed it like you have. But I guess we'll restore you. That's not the spirit of meekness. That's somebody, get, somebody else getting ready to fall, right? <laughs> so, and then you can see it in Ephesians that, where I just mentioned there. Um, I believe that's what he's talking about here, at least in part. You, know, you always got to remember that the, the root of it is in the spirit realm, not just a positive mental attitude. The spark, the spark that ignites it is always the divine Word of God, the revelation of the Word of God. Without that, there is no, there's nothing but emotional energy. That might help some people a little bit, but that has nothing divine. Your problems are supernatural. Things that oppose you are supernatural. And it needs something supernatural coming against them, not just a positive mental attitude. No, that's, that's nothing uh, that, that, that's, that has no power in it to overcome spiritual things. So that, that's just a brief, maybe, analysis of some of that. But um, you don't leave out the Holy Spirit in this because the spirit of faith will cause you to tap into the power of the Holy Ghost. It'll, it'll cause you. That's why Paul said, remember talking about uh, the thorn in the flesh, he said... Uh, Referring to it, he said, I, I boast. I'm trying to remember how he said it. Excuse me. He said, I, I glory. That's what he said. I glory in my tribulations. What kind of a fool does that? It's not a fool. It's a, the word glory means boast. Now, he's not saying, look at my tests and trials. They're bigger than yours. 
That's not what he meant when he said boast. Y'all still with me? He's saying, in all these things. That we, we can see him boasting in another place. In all these things. In spite of it all. I'm more, I always triumph in Christ. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's the spirit of faith. That's not boasting about how big his problems are. That's boasting in God. Boasting in the one who always comes through for me. Always. When I tap into his power, he always comes through. Always comes through. I like it. I like it. Praise God. I said, praise God. Joshua and Caleb had it. Numbers 14. Can you just hang with me a few more minutes? Numbers 14, verses 8 and 9. It talks about uh, Joshua and Caleb. Well, excuse me, I don't think that's the right verse. But you know, where I don't, I don't have the verse in front of me, where God said about Caleb, he had another spirit with him. Another spirit with him. The other ones had the spirit of fear. Joshua and Caleb had, especially mentioned Caleb, had the spirit of faith. And what did it make them do? Let's go up at once and possess it. And then he said, uh, they are bread for us. In other words, this is something we can eat and get, get more strength out of. Or as the Lord said it to me one time, well, you'd say it this way, piece of cake. Piece of cake. You know what that is? The spirit of faith sees things as easy. When you're struggling, you're not there. I've been there, so I'm not criticizing. We've all been there. But just keep on developing it. So it's a piece of cake. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. We're just hitting some high spots. Like I feel like I'm jumping from one mountaintop to the other mountaintop of about three weeks of preaching. But so God's offering you this. Will you take it? Make it yours. We having. We having. We having. We have it. Paul's talking to people he had been hanging around or had been hanging around him and said, you all got it. So um, let's be, while we wrap this up, let's talk about that issue of associations a little bit. Uh, Associations are very important. I, I like this verse in Deuteronomy 20, verse number eight, where he said, if I'm, if you're getting ready to go to battle and some guy's afraid. You know, who here's afraid? Okay, I'm kind of, I'm not sure about all this. Okay, you go home. Remember that? Yes, yes, yes. Wait, we need everybody. We need everybody. Well, not, that, everybody didn't help in Saul's army. What if they'd have got, what if they'd have gone back and recruited some more panty-waisted, fearful soldiers to come out there and shake in their boots with Saul and the army? In the presence of Goliath. It would have gained them nothing. Right? So uh, he said, if you're afraid, go home. They'd rather have less people full of faith. Come on, somebody say amen. Less people full of faith than a whole bunch of people who, who, who don't have the answers for what's coming against them in the spirit realm. So, um, 
This principle of association is something, I'd, I'd like to wrap up with this if I could. Make yourself a student of those who have the spirit of faith. Yes, sir. Amen. yes make yourself a student of the Word. Always. The Word is first. But you can read the Word. I've done this. Read the Word and read right past something until you're divinely connected with somebody and they're demonstrating what yep. you just read yep. and you go, oh, I didn't realize that's what that was yep. talking yep. about. Yep. Yep. Amen. Your association that's right. helped you to see the Word. Yes. Yes. Because how many of you know we all start out spiritual babies? Yes spiritual young ones and we grow up, um, young ones don't necessarily always get it out of the Word without seeing it modeled. Take you as parent, uh, you know, you, you don't just tell your children what to do, you model it in front of them. They get it better by modeling, right? I mean, they, that, that needs to be a part of it. So just like that, the same way, spiritual children need demonstrations in front of them. They need somebody to model it. Amen. I believe that's what Timothy got. Remember, he said, yeah. Paul said, Timothy, your mama and your grandmama, they were people of faith. I'm that's persuaded right. it's in you too. That's right. he had, he'd been in a home where they sat down with no food, just set up the fork and the plate and the, yeah. Yeah. no food in the house. Yeah. Father, we thank you for this food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm making something up. But something, something demonstrated faith in that home. Knock on the door. We just had a prompting to bring this over to your house. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Yes, you can set it right there on the table. We're just getting ready to eat. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He hung around that. He grew up around that. And his associations uh, enabled him to see what the Word had said all along about some of these things. Uh, you can hang around. This is the issue that we need to guard against concerning taking what the former generation ministered and sort of, whenever they pass on to heaven, sort of setting it aside. Well, that's over now. Come on, say it. What's over? Yeah, it is hogwash. Is faith over with? No, it's not. So, um, you can see it in the Bible. It's a big deal. Elisha getting things from Elijah. Timothy getting things from Paul. Uh, the, the, the disciples getting something from Jesus. Uh, especially the ones that were closest. And uh, the Bible says that we're not to move the old landmarks that our spiritual fathers have set. I don't believe those landmarks are just teachings. I think they are the, the, the life they modeled of faith. Yes, the life they modeled of integrity and many other things. But how about their audacity? Amen. I'm thinking of Brother Copeland when the Lord told him to go on national TV daily. <laughs> he couldn't afford that. But he audaciously stepped out. What did he do? He... He poked a hole in the spirit realm into another level of ministry. For, and, and, and many people went through that hole. He did the same thing with aviation. So it's not just all about you or I. There are others that are watching. And they're seeing, they're seeing 
they're seeing what can be had. They're seeing not just somebody who spouts the principles, but has a hunt to their faith, and they take off and go for it. <laughs> Glory to God. Aren't you thankful for people that have gone ahead? We need not throw, you know, don't remove the old landmarks. In other words, don't lose the ground that they obtained. Uh, when a, when a, you know, back in that day, the, you know, they had farms and they would pass it from one generation to the next. And the farm would be, here, here would be the farm. It's from, it's from the house here, Johnny. It's down to that clump of trees down there. You see that down there? And then it goes all the way across through Billy Bob's uh, place down there, right where the creek is. And then there's a big pile of stones over there. And that's the other corner. And then it comes up over here. And then it comes back to the house. And uh, to, 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 that's, that's how they would mark the farm. They didn't have GPS or anything like that. So they would. And, but, but to move the landmarks is to take something like that pile of rocks, maybe in the nighttime, and move it over a little bit. Or, or, you know, encroach upon your territory so that the neighbor farmer has a little bit more land. you got a little less land. That's what the devil is doing. He's stealing from us whenever he gets ministers to move the landmarks. Amen. We need to hold those landmarks. Plans, Purpose, and Pursuits was a landmark. Isn't that right? Casting out devils is the landmark. All these things are landmarks. The move of the Spirit is the landmark. Praise the Lord. So we're not to lose that territory and let the enemy have it. We're to honor our spiritual heritage. Remember Jude said, uh, uh, not, he said, we earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We in our reach forward for more and more in God need to remember there's some things that we hold fast to from our past. Contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's not progress to leave the foundations of our forefathers, spiritual forefathers, and, and take new ground, move, moved off the foundation they laid. I'm, I'm not saying it maybe as eloquently as others can say it, but... Uh, we build on the foundation that was already laid. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I so appreciate when I got connected with Dr. Dufresne and Pastor Nancy, I'm like, they're just building right on top of that foundation that was already laid in my life. Amen. Yes, going higher, going further, but not off somewhere else, building on another foundation. If you build a house and you put the foundation in, you don't say, okay, we got the foundation is, let's go 300 yards that way and start building the house. No, you stay right there and you build right on that foundation. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Just exhorting some here. Is that all right? And uh, we need to hang out with people that, that uh, constantly developed in faith and, and, and their ministry continued to develop throughout the years. And, uh, and uh, not try to switch horses, if you know what I mean by that. Praise the Lord. And you can hang out with the generals of the past by hanging out with their materials. Their audios, their videos, their, their books. and Glory to God. Smith Wigglesworth and Dr. Summerall and Brother Hagin and Oral Roberts and these books, these generals. They left us some things so we could hang out with them. <laughs> 
And they'll say something or they'll, they'll tell a testimony and we'll go, huh. <laughs> It'll put a grunt on the inside of us. Glory. Hallelujah. Stand up with me this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say it out loud. I have and am having continuously the same spirit of faith. Hallelujah. I will fulfill all God's called me to. The devil has no power to stop a man of faith. Hallelujah. 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 Praise be to God. The, the uh, spirit of faith doesn't take no for an answer. Everything in the world can say no way and try to put a no on God's yes. And you say, nope, not taking the devil's no. I take the devil's yes. I mean, excuse me, I take God's yes. I take God's yes. Amen. And when big doubt comes, big unbelief comes, big suggestions come, big threats come, don't let bigness intimidate you. Don't let big numbers financially intimidate you. Spirit of faith doesn't get intimidated by the size of the numbers. Amen. We started looking into getting our building down in, Can down in the Kansas City area where we're starting a church. And the numbers are a bit bigger down there. <laughs> but I just look at it and go, ha, ha, ha. That's not bigger than the one I serve. David was small compared to Goliath, but Goliath had nothing bigger than him backing him up. David had Jehovah, God, backing him up. <laughs> so bigness, uh, you know, the spirit of faith doesn't let the size of the opposition affect it. I love what a minister said. Can you just let me finish this up? He said, he said, the spirit of faith will make a tadpole slap a whale. <laughs> Swim up to a well. Hey, little fella. <laughs> you know, a guy that does that, he's bigger on the inside than he is on the outside. That, De Debbie and I like the, uh, Yorkies. We don't, don't have one right now, but we had one a number of years ago. Just, what was that, teacup? Yeah. I think it was, you know, teacup. It was four pounds whenever he was soaking wet, you know, after his bath. And just a little guy. And uh, when we first got him, we lived down in Tulsa, and the, the neighbors had a, what was that, a pit bull? No, it was a uh, boxer. Had one of those boxers, one of those big ones. I don't know, they had him trained to where, I guess it was one of those electric, you know, invisible fences or something. He'd come right out to the corner of their yard, their yard's right up beside ours, and he'd come right up to the corner and just sit there, <laughs> you know. And uh, we got our little Yorkie, four pounds. Yeah. Well, when we first got him, he wasn't four pounds. And they're bigger on the inside than they are on the outside. <laughs> and our Yorkie, we let him out the front door for the first time, and that boxer's out there sitting on that corner, and our little Yorkie went up there... <laughs> Just looked at him. Hey, 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 hey. You know, just. <laughs> He's like, come on, big fella. You know, come on. 
On the outside, he's small, but on the inside, he's got a studded collar on. He's got a mean overbite. Ooh, you know, I just... Are anybody bigger on the inside this morning than you are on the outside? Glory! Glory, glory, glory! Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Glory be to God. You got something? Thank you, Jesus. Suko Oshe eno onzande kepes. Hmm. Tap in to the spirit realm, for it's all around you, full of resources, full of help. No, 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 don't go there in your mind, but angelic assistance, angelic assistance for that which is impossible, for that which must be done in this hour that seems impossible. Don't go there in your mind, but look beyond the realm of time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Praise be to God. Oh, that, that blesses me. Thank you, Jesus. Remember this servant of Elijah? The, the enemy surrounded their camp. Remember that? And is it, was it Elijah? Elisha. And he said, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're done, you know. And he said, no, look, Elisha said, open his eyes. How many of you know whenever he saw what was in the spirit realm, he squared his shoulders? Ooh, ooh, this is going to be fun today. <laughs> Amen. He, he, before that, he needed huggies. Right? But once he tapped in and saw what was in the spirit realm, you don't have to have a vision to know what's in the spirit realm. Praise God. The Lord, a number of years ago, we were over, we were in a prayer meeting, and the Lord, a prophecy started coming forth. Some of you remembered about the untouchable ones that cannot be touched. And it went on and on about different things. And uh, that's who we are. We are the untouchable ones. Glory. Glory, 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 glory.